What a joy to be with all of you to share the Word of God together. Samuel Coleridge, the British poet who brought the rhyme of the ancient mariner to the world, said this, I know the Bible is inspired because it finds me at greater depths of my being than any other book. Amen. God's Word always finds our souls so God can bring us what we need to know about Him and what we need to know to live. May that be true today. We are in the 13th chapter of the book of Romans, Romans 13, starting at verse 8, going to the end of the chapter, which is verse 14. I will read this uh, first, begin with the scripture today, which will lead us to communion. Romans 13, 8. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandment, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment, are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Let us pray. Lord, may this scripture find our hearts today and may we respond to you in adoration and worship in this time of communion. We are humbled to be able to open your word and learn together of you. Amen. In the beginning of this chapter, Paul is talking about being subject to the governing authorities. This is a good thing for us to read over and contemplate in election season. Paul reminds his readers that there is no authority except for God. And every leader that is in power is because God has appointed them as his servants. At this writing, the very cruel Emperor Nero was ruling, but it would have been in the early part of his reign and he had not come into his own as a brutal tyrant yet. Nevertheless, the word of God is for all places and in all times. And as Christians in our country, in our time, we have to wrestle with what this means. And I encourage you to take another swing through this part of Romans. And while there, you might also want to look at 1 Peter chapter 2, where there are similar words from the disciple of Jesus. We are to uphold our leaders, giving what is owed to them, whether taxes, revenues, respect, or honor. 
Now Paul then takes this idea of what we owe to our leaders and carries that into verse 8. And we're going to lean into this idea of what it means to owe someone for a few minutes. He says this, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves has fulfilled the law. So let's think about what it means to owe something. We might think in terms of what we owe someone as a financial transaction for a service rendered or a good exchanged. Yet think about how owing can have other connotations. We can owe someone a favor. We can take time away and say we owe it to ourselves. When someone acts in kindness to us, we might say, oh, we owe you a debt of gratitude. In some of these circumstances, we couldn't pay them back, even if we tried. When someone helps us out of a tight spot, we might tell them, oh, we owe you. Or the other way around, when they say to us, man, I owe you one, thank you. We can talk about how much money we owe to the bank for a loan, which doesn't usually feel very good, especially if we're unsure that we're ever going to be able to pay it back. There are those who have lived a long time who lament how the current generation thinks that the world owes them a living. Lastly, there are those who express a sentiment similar to this. I don't owe anyone a thing. I am free to live as I want. Now those are strong words. And I think Paul would take exception to them in some form, especially as he emphasizes that as Christians, we are to love one another first, besides what we think we are owed. We owe one another the highest expression that we ourselves can give, which is to put them above ourselves. In this section, Paul sounds like Shakespeare, who will later express through the character Polonius in Hamlet, talking to his son, neither a borrower nor lender be. The idea, of course, is that if you borrow or lend money to a friend or a family member, you may lose both the relationship and your money. Paul says, don't owe anyone anything except to love one another. Now that might sound like a good deal until we remember that it is usually harder to love someone than it is to just owe them a favor or some cash. Because once we pay someone back, we're done. But to be called to love one another is an ongoing commitment to another person that doesn't end with an encouraging word or an act of kindness. It is a lifetime endeavor which we are to grow into because not only does it benefit others, God uses it to change who we are. Paul reminds us that when we love one another, we are fulfilling all of the horizontal commandments we are taught in how it is that we're supposed to treat one another. If you love others, you won't steal from them. You won't murder them. You won't covet what they have. You won't steal their spouse 
or dishonor them in any way. He sums it up pretty well in verse 10 when he says this, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Now this statement ought to make us stop and consider what it is that we believe about love. More importantly, it should make us keep thinking and keep learning all of our lives about what God thinks about love. Sometimes we call love something that is really about making ourselves feel better or is really about promoting our agenda in some way. But love is always meant to be centered on others. This has huge ramifications for us because we like to put ourselves before anyone else. And Paul says, no, you owe it to those around you to love them first. Owe no one anything except to love one another. As we examine our hearts in worship today, we might ask ourselves how we're doing loving other people in speech and attitude and action. Paul is saying, really, that we owe it to God to love one another. The only reason we have this command is because of who he is and who we are in him. We have to fulfill who God has made us to be and who he is saving us to become. Origen, an early church father from Egypt, said this, The debt of love remains with us permanently and never leaves us. This is a debt which we both discharge every day and forever we owe. Next, we come to an urgent appeal from Paul. He says, now is the time for you to wake from sleep. Sleep is such a weird thing, isn't it? We can have dreams that are so vivid, we are certain they are real. Then there is that weird sleep state where we know we're asleep, but we're trying desperately to wake ourselves up and can't. Much of the sleep that we do, we're unaware of until we finally awaken from our slumber. For some reason, Paul thinks that there are some in the church who have been asleep, lulled by their own good fortune of being right with God or focused on matters that they think are important but aren't really, or forgetting that there are a whole bunch of people who do not know the Lord. And Paul is urging the church to remember that the time that they're living in means that it's closer to Jesus coming back than when they first believed. While he didn't appear in their lifetime again, nor yet in ours, this is a true statement, isn't it? Every day we are getting closer to that time. Now hear these words, people of God, wake up to the light. The night is far gone. The day is here. Put on the armor of light. Live transparently and with honor. Show the dignity that you have because you are made in the image of God, saved by Jesus. You belong to the Most High God. Paul 
Paul says, don't go to drunken parties. Don't flaunt sexual sin. Stop fighting. Stop being jealous of one another. Don't gratify your human desires that are physical and temporary. Instead, he says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Clothe yourselves with his righteousness and power and love. There's no better time, Paul says, to wake up now. And I would absolutely agree with that. The Lord needs you to be awake to all that is going on because we are his presence in the world. Paul's exhortation is for us. These are depressing days and it's tempting to close our eyes and to sleep until the hard things are past. But as the church, we don't have that luxury. It's easy to turn to self-gratification, but we are called to put on Christ, to put off those things that hinder us, that lead us astray. We're called to put on Christ so that we might have the strength and the clarity to live in a hard world. Are there ways that you have been asleep? So our call today is to listen to two exhortations from Paul. First, we owe it to our neighbor to love them because this is how Christ has loved us. When you come to the table of communion today, the invitation is a result of Christ's sacrifice for you. We remember he gave his life because of his pure love for us. The love we receive is the impetus for the love we are to give away to others. It is part of the debt we owe to Christ. We owe it to him to bridge the divides we have. We owe it to him to reach out in love to those around us with whom we struggle or with whom we are different. Jesus bridged the divide between heaven and earth for us. He bridged the divide between us and the Father and makes reconciliation possible. We owe our very existence and all we hope to be in the Lord. So let us actively love those he sees as precious. Secondly, if you have been asleep in any way, it is time to wake up and be fully present to who God needs you to be. He died for you. So how are you fully living for him? God's light shows more of who we are, not less. The day of the Lord is coming soon and we already participate by faith in that day. Communion is a huge part of that. Putting our trust in the Lord as we confess our sin for how we have been living and how it is that we allow God to give us the opportunity to change. So let us go into communion and hear now the words of the liturgy. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.